Well, hello, hello, hello. Hello. I want to welcome everyone to the monthly Pause Reset Brunch podcast. Yes, it's for the month of October, even though we are close to the end, I still made it. Uh, my name is Natalie Francis Clark. I am the host of this podcast. And this month, I have none other than the beautiful Marine Foresight. And before we begin, I'm just going to read you a little glimpse of her life. So Marine's story started in Grenada, where she spent her early years cultivating her passions and honing her skills. A native of the island, she found her love for sports, particularly netball and track and field, and her burgeoning interest in the culinary arts, thanks to her grandmother, who ignited her passion for cooking. In 1973, Marine took a bold step and migrated to the busting streets of New York City. There she embarked on her career in the health industry, gradually climbing from the ladder from a supervisor to a respected manager. Her dedication and commitment to the field became evident in her accomplishments. She also rekindled her love for netball, which led to the formation of two netball teams in Brooklyn, New York during the 1980s. So while thriving in this industry, Marine ventured into a new arena of entrepreneurship. In partnership with a close friend, she founded Wilma's Kitchen, a successful catering business that served diverse and hungry masses in New York City. In 2004, Marine decided to embark on a new adventure and migrated to Charlotte, North Carolina. There she joined the Novant Healthcare System, continuing her commitment in the healthcare industry. In 2010, the seeds of a taste of spice catering were sown, reflecting Marine's culinary prowess and her deep connection to her Caribbean heritage. Her dishes delighted the taste buds of many, and her business was a testament of her culinary artistry. Marine's involvement in the Caribbean community um, in Charlotte began in 2010, where she joined the Caribbean International Cultural Association, which is a nonprofit that provides scholarships to graduating seniors of Caribbean descent. Massive Mass Productions. This is a band she created. Uh, it started as a mass carnival band, bringing the vibrant spirit of the Caribbean culture to life. However, MMP has recently evolved into a nonprofit organization with a mission to educate and empower the Caribbean diaspora. Marine and her four co-founders aim to bridge the knowledge gap by sharing the rich culture of art, literature, culinary cuisine, and heritage of the Caribbean within the community. So today, Marine is a well-deserved retired individual. She keeps herself busy, though, with her small businesses, travels the world, and showers love upon her four successful children and her grandchildren. Her legacy as mother, grandmother, and community advocate endures, inspiring all who crosses her path with her smile and her energy. 
let us welcome Maureen Forsyth. Hello. Hello. <laughs> so, so before I even begin um, in, uh, asking you some questions, what are you eating or drinking right now? I'm not eating anything right now. I'm just enjoying some cold ice water. Okay. Okay. I hear you. Um, well, I had my water earlier. Now I'm drinking my tea. Some nice um, ginger and turmeric tea. Okay. So let's get right into it. All right. So you were born on the Spice Isle Grenada. And then you moved to New York City in the 70s. What was the culture shock during the 70s that you experienced? Well, the first culture shock that I really experienced was the snow. I came here on the 21st of December, 1973, and it was snowing. That was a shock. No one told me growing up or even as an adult in Grenada that there was snow. So my mother said, let's go outside. And we did. And we fell in the snow, slipped down the stairs. She said to me, girl, I'm in this country four years. I never fall down. So there am I in the snow touching it and it's melting. And um, yeah, that was it. Cut your shot. And I could just imagine how cold it was, eh? It was biting cold. Your ear, your nose. You. We had gloves on, but that didn't do anything. It was still biting. Mm -hmm. And you know, you have to walk to the subway to get to work. Mm. Did you ever feel like moving back to Grenada from that, that whole hustle and, and everything else? After a few, um, it was like about two years, two to three years, I was there unhappy. You know, the sun is shining like mad and you go outside and it's cold like hell and you don't understand that concept. Mm -hmm. So I decided to go back home. I booked a one-way ticket, sold my apartment, all the plants, everything. I took my clothes and American Airlines, I guess it was, to Grenada. Only find out that I was pregnant. So I went to the GYN and I was having complications because I had terrible fibroids. Fibroids mm. was having my daughter in the corner and nowhere to breathe. So he said to me, you better go back to New York. So that was a very devastating day. Sad, confused. So I came back to New York. How, how soon after did you move? Did you have to go back? About the end of three months. Man. Yeah. By that time, you had thawed off <laughs> from the cold. I got into my routine. You know, to the beach in the morning, in the afternoon. I did look for a job. I did get hired by Liat because that was a very good job traveling. Because, you know, I'll come see my mom. 
you know, started to work with Liat and had to leave. Wow. So I came back to America. I had my daughter, the best thing in the world. And I said then, I just, you know, I, I um, I'm very adjustable. That's one thing with me. Mm-hmm. I settled in and I said, you know, this is it. And um, the USA has been very good to me. Financially, a good life, mentally. I got to know my mom because I did not know her. Um, my father took me away when she was 15 years. She had me and shipped her away to Trinidad. So I never knew my mom. Just pictures, beautiful, beautiful lady. So that was a positive thing that came into my life in America. And today she's 87. God bless her. Yeah. God bless her. So, um, that's good. You got to know your mom. Some people yeah. don't. Yeah. Yeah. And the fact that you all are commu- communicating, some people might have had a hard time doing that. Uh, at all, because I had a good life. Mm-hmm. Did not resent her. But I was just so shocked and, you know, I would... I used to think about, gee, this this must this is such a terrible thing to do to my mother, you know, mentally. You just mm. think, but that's how you know culture is. <laughs> I'm glad you had, you know, uh, compassion. Lots of compassion. Yeah, I love my mom. Okay, so, Marine, you had two catering businesses. Right. And and as you stated in the bio, this was a passion. The the, the culinary um part was a, was something that was ignited from being with your grandmother. Can you remember like a, a, a memory that you would like to share with us? No, um I love being in the kitchen with my mom when all my other sisters and cousins were outside playing. I was in her frock tail, as we say. Um <laughs> yeah. I, she would season the meat on Saturdays. We would go to the market, get all the meat and the spices and the fruits. We'd come home and we used to go early at five in the morning. So by seven o'clock, we home and um, lay everything on the table. And I looked at her carefully seasoning the meat. And I love this, the aura and, you know, just rubbing all that seasoning. My mother, my grandmother was a, uh, um, woman of few words. She didn't say, put this and do this. I just looked at it and I grasped it. And I, it, it made me feel good when the food was cooked. So um, one Saturday, I told her I didn't want to go to the market. And um, she left me home and I just, we know we had spices at home, but we always get it every week. Started everything. And when she came with the meat, I said, let me do it. And from that day, I seasoned the meat. But you know, she never said, you know, we grew up in the island and she never said, oh, this is good, a job well done. We, we never got that from our grandparents of um, praising you. It was mm-hmm. something that you had to do, you had to learn. Like you had to wash your clothes and iron it. You know, like how we praise our children now. We didn't get that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you know? mm-hmm. So um, 
There was another thing, though, I, I cannot do at all is bake. You know, one Saturday, mm. she charged the, the flour to knead it. She showed me how to knead it. She didn't talk. She just showed me. And um, girl, when that lady came home, the bakes and the bread was so hard, she threw it to the window. <laughs> never baked, <laughs> never baked again to this day. When she was trying to feed it to um to, to, to the dog, she said she said yes. no. <laughs> she just threw it to the window. <laughs> oh boy! Yeah, so that that's a Thanksgiving joke now. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um. Growing up was fun. I mm. really enjoy cooking. And I like, and you know how, what is satisfying? So you have a big wedding and you go around to pick the dishes up and there's nothing on the dish. You know the people enjoy your food. No. That's the key. I don't have to ask, do you like the food? That was always my key. Mm -hmm. if, you know, like the catering company. Awesome. Yeah. So, so from netball, the culture, you know, and so forth in New York City. Why did you decide to move to Charlotte, North Carolina, of all places? Well, my first two kids were born in the 90s, and it was a different era. In we, New York. Yes, we left the door open. Mm -hmm. The key was in the door. Nobody robbed you. You walked the street one, two in the morning. You never felt any sense of fear. But mm -hmm. then the uh no, no, I'm I'm sorry. My first two kids were born. Yeah, they were born in the 90s. But coming to the 20s, the kids is a different story. There's too many in and out the corner store. There's too many things going on in that corner store. You don't know. You understand what's going on? So that was my cue. I got to take these boys out of New York. Too much killing. It's just too much. And mm -hmm. so athletes from five years old, they started with soccer. They went to basketball, you know, five in the morning. Myself and dad, at that time I was married, would have to bring them. Um, so we knew they were athletes. So we really encouraged them, in other words. And it was very expensive in America, in um, New York. You had to pay for everything. So one, my daughter, um, her best friend was from Charlotte, and they went to UNC uh, together. And um, we came here one summer to a party, and my boys was having such a nice time in the pool. You know, the apartments were cheap, and not cheap, affordable. Compared to New York, the houses were affordable. So I saw the joy in them and I asked the big one of the two, you like this? And he said, yes. And I said, you want to live here? And he said, yes. So that was a wake up call for me. It was an easy transition to bring them here. They wanted it. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then when Aisha was going to school in Chapel Hill, I felt so at home. It felt like Grenada, the trees, the quietness, the country. And that drew me to Charlotte. And then I did research it, and the hospital job was not hard to get. Nice, nice. And then 
And then you joined the Caribbean organization in 2010. Yeah, so, I, so, okay. so from so, yes. so from 2004 to 2010, how was the, um, what took you so long to, to join an organization, a Caribbean well, organization? I looked at them for years, but never okay. became a member. You know, I, okay. I, I had them, I loved the, the Caribbean um, feeling, you know, like we say, the old talk and the parties were nice. And I help in the back. I, I'm not really someone to be out there quietly. I do things quietly sometimes. And then I said, okay, I'm a Georgian. And that's when I joined in, officially became a member in 2010. So you were specific when you described your children as successful. Yes. Look at, look at the smile. She's smiling. She's smiling. <laughs> Yeah, I'm very, very proud of my kids. Um, I think my calling in life was to be a mom. Um, I can tell you and I can say I've been a good mom. I respected my kids. They got their licks at home, you know. So you, ha you have to respect your kids sometimes because it turns wrong to haunt you, especially when they get into adult. And... Um, I put the fear of God into them. I don't care who's outside at six o'clock. Don't let me come and get you. You have to be inside at six. I don't care. So we had structure, in other words, in everything. And that's how I grew up. It's very important. Um, my first two kids um, was for one husband and then I had, he died, unfortunately from cancer very early in his 50s. God bless him. And then I got married to the kid's father, um, which lasted for about 15 years. And unfortunately, but we were great, great co-parent. No problem. Um, when I came here to um, Charlotte, the kids were very excited when I explain to them how they can play many leagues at a time, you know, the church league, AAU, and the school league. So my whole life, eight years, was basketball. And today, my first son has his own consulting, had his own consulting firm, which um, mainly was in the Caribbean, Haiti, um, a couple of other islands, and... Um, because of the earthquake in Haiti, you know, he lost a lot of money, millions, but his concern to me, what he told me, he said, mom, I don't care about the money. It's the people that I worked with that are dead. You mm. know, he has a lot of empathy. He has a good soul. My daughter, she has been a farm rep from the age of 22 and she's 44. And now she has stepped up. Um, from being a rep in the field to marketing. My other son, who's in Washington, he is the head of the JV basketball team. Mm -hmm. And he's also the director of IT at Sidwell Friends in Washington. And the third one, he has had his share of good basketball. He um, traveled to Europe, five countries, 21 games. He was offered a scholarship, uh, not a scholarship, 
a contract with the English team, but we decided not to, the coach decided not to, because he wanted him to get his degree. Um, he's successful in his own little way. He's a, little, he's a hustler like his mom. You know, he, he works, but he does a lot of side jobs. Okay. So, so three three successful um boy children and one successful daughter. I love it. Two grandkids, a boy and a girl. They're both in college, full scholarship. Sweet. Nice. Okay, so what was the difference in raising? I know you gave a little a, a little a, a little bit, but um you talked about the times were different when you raised your first two in New York versus versus the um your your two youngest in Charlotte, North Carolina. So what advice? Because it seems as though you had a, you have a great relationship with your your children. You talked about respecting them. What advice would you give um a parent a parent today? Just something quick. Just be honest with your kids. Um, be honest with yourself growing your up. Don't paint a picture that you were this high and mighty good person. They don't have to know, but you talk to them about certain things. You give them the reason why. See, our parents always said, don't do this, but they never gave us the reason. I, and have an open ear. If your son comes home and he says the teacher is on his nerves, listen, go to school. Because if two people has a confrontation in the school, two kids, right? One has to start, you know? And that was my main thing. One has to start, whether it was your son or the other child. But the main thing to kids is you listen to them. Parents don't listen, especially the old school. I love, <laughs> you know, love them. I kiss my big son when I get to New York. He raises me up still. His wife said, don't you think you're too big for that? He swings me around. <laughs> All my kids went to college and then never went on spring break. They came home. I said, you all don't? No, they came home. Because home is comfortable. And they can talk to their mom. Mm -hmm. And that's what they tell their children now. You know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. You have to have a knack to being a mother. It's not the military. Okay. Love it. So, let's get into Massive Mass Productions, right? Mm -hmm. So, by your states, you started MMP as a carnival mass band, right? However, mm -hmm. it's now taking a different direction. Caribbean still, definitely, but it's a new mission to educate the community and friends while still empowering the Caribbean diaspora. And, 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 and I'm, gonna, I'm just going to give you a chance to, um, you know, just to talk about this, just to talk about how this came to be. Yeah. So um, I was in the Caribbean world in 2018, which was successful. 
the 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 the, the, la the current carnival committee. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I was in that room. Um, the Caribbean at that time. I felt that we were so together because it was massive. We had a good time. But after the pandemic, I saw a, um, a shift. Um, how can I explain it? This, you know, you go to parties, but we're not jiving. You know, everybody stand up. We're not jiving like before. Something was missing. So I decided to get away from the carnival world. And I thought to myself, what? at a place where, you know, the especially the young Caribbean kids um, could come and have concerts and learn the square dance and um, even the big people do. Just have a you good- know, I, I know in March that we- That sort of thing. We could have a skit, you know, a skit, which is the best thing in the world to me. And um, so I was hoping that I can get some people interested. And lo and behold, I spoke to my friend, whose name is Natalie, and she was interested. But I was going to more, when I was speaking to her, I, I don't know why, but I was trying, I was getting to more of the feathers when that was not what I wanted. So she drew me back in and said, let's do the culture, the cooking, the music, the patois, the French, Haiti, Cuba. And, you know, I'm sitting there, and I'm like, yes, yes, that's what I have in mind. So we have a panel of five strong people that has the same concept, mm -hmm. right? So Massive Mass Production was formed. And um, we are going to, positively thinking, try to bring the Caribbean culture to the young people. So I have to say I do she's she's talking about me. I am the Natalie that that, that she's mm -hmm. representing, right? Uh and I do remember um when I remember when you came to me with the idea and I was like absolutely and I think it was because I was saying there's so much to the culture that a lot of people aren't aware of is it's 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 not just I mean as you can see Instagram we, we see what is prevalent you know um on social media but when you talk about skits I I grew up with skits literature like those are things that we hold so dear and a lot of people don't know about you know the, the art just the whole the beautiful pieces that that are created, the the, the poetry, mm -hmm. um, and even even the cuisine. You know, um, as you say, sometimes certain things are lost. Why certain bushes are used, right? Yeah. So, I, I I was talking to a good friend of mine's, and she's having some inflammation and things like that. And I said, hey, don't forget. Sorrel is good for inflammation. Mm -hmm. Some people don't know these things, right? D about the different bushes that we use for a lot of that is being lost. So 
of course, you know, thank you for including me um, in this vision. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, you make me excited. <laughs> so, of course, um, I, I, I'm, I'm here for it. I'm definitely here for it. Um, however, I know we can't really get into too much detail, but do you want to let people know what date they need to save? So we have a vision that we are going to follow. On August the 3rd, 2024, we are going to have a Charlotte Caribbean Culture Day. The venue is booked. Um, we have the foundation built and we are about to build it upwards. Mm -hmm. Awesome. And and just to reiterate, it's not a carnival. It's a celebration of the, the culture, the rich, the rich heritage um, that will be aimed to incorporate not just on the English speaking side, but uh, the the French as well as the um, you know Hispanic uh, speaking side. So yeah, good, great, great vision, great vision. And then I'm going to touch, we're going to have vendors, um, musicians, artists from certain Caribbean country. Um, we will yeah, have... So, so let's the, not and, huh? I give too much. No, I mean, <laughs> no, there's something I wanted to touch on. In uh -huh. The culture. Mm -hmm. So the country that I came from is Grenada, and it's a country of color, right? So I migrated here in the early 70s mm -hmm. when Black Power was, when the Black Power movement was at its highest. Mm -hmm. And to me, that was another culture shock that I had because, you know, they had demonstrations and, you know, fight the power. And I did not experience that kind of, that that um what's the word should I use? I did mm -hmm. not experience that in in in, in the Caribbean. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We were black. We are black, mm -hmm. but we didn't have that powerful um events. Let let's put it that way. Right. You mm -hmm. know you know what I'm saying? Do you think? Um, you think is because and um well not all let's talk about you know the english speaking islands do you think uh, and, and i'm sure there are countries that have their turmoils i mean you, you hear about it uh, mm -hmm. but do you think also for those islands that don't that didn't experience that it was because we were predominantly black so yeah. We 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 are predom predominantly black, and but we grew up not seeing color. Mm -hmm. More so we black. <laughs> yes, but you know what I'm saying. Uh -huh, and, um, uh -huh. When when I came here too, is the culture is is so different. Mm -hmm. But we are all black. Like mm -hmm. I said, I'm in America. I've been here for fifty one years, and 
but I never forgot I'm a, an American, but I never forgot my culture. You know, we cook differently. We have soca and reggae. You know, they have the blues and R&B. And um, we, we dance a lot. Our dancing is whining, you know, mm -hmm. and people might think it's vulgar, vulgar, but that's the culture. Mm -hmm. So that's what I'm envisioning that we want to bring to the younger generation of Caribbean heritage in Charlotte. Awesome, awesome, awesome. I love it. Yes. So for the, uh, so is this specifically for, I know, but I just want you to, to explain to the audience, is this specifically for a Caribbean audience? No. Meaning, meaning who, who are, or are you trying to reach out to um, everyone? Because the goal is to, to teach, right? Yes. The tool, our mission is to teach. Mm -hmm. um, Black, for example, we can have cooking classes. The Americans love our food. Why not learn how to cook it? Because when I had my business, I had cooking classes. Awesome. You know? Mm -hmm. And it wouldn't taste like, they would be like, Miss Maureen, it didn't taste like what we you did. With time, mm -hmm. practice brings perfect. Right, right. Yeah. So that, that, that's the, the, the road we want to go down. It's open to everybody. Like I said, we are Americans, but we did not forget our culture. Right. So, give us a fun fact about Marine Forces. Give us a fun fact. Come on, I know you. Oh, It's <laughs> a very easygoing person. I love to have fun. If we go to the party and everybody's sitting down and I get to the party, everybody's going to get up. Why did you leave home? My motto is, when I leave home to go to the party, we have a good time. Where they have one, two, or three people. I love helping people. I think I have a good heart because I preach that to my kids. Have a good heart. Have empathy. Listen to when someone is talking. Do not listen to answer. I don't mm. all the time, but repeat that again now. Repeat that again. <laughs> <laughs> listening is a listening is a skill. Yes. And um when I was younger, I didn't have it. But myself and my daughter, we very good friends. And one day she told me, she said, Mom, you have to listen to me when I talk to you. But before, I think you have the answer already. And she was right. She was right. So that I have learned. When my kids tell me something, I listen. It's the modern world. I'm from the old world. But we have to adjust. We have to adjust. I'm gonna I'm gonna put something out there. Let me tell you. Um, she does like to have fun. She is uh, an extremely helpful individual, and in a party that can be dark as night, she will whip out her shades. She will whip out her shades. Okay, 
And, you know, um, but honestly, it's such a blessing. Yeah. Uh, I have one other question for you before we wrap up. Okay. And that's how does a busy, retired young lady such as yourself practice self-care? Self-care, very important. I go to the gym. I eat well. And I take my medication. <laughs> take your medication. If the doctor tells you, do not eat. Well, you know, Miss Mirren, your calcium is high. We want you to cut down on the cheese. Cut down on the cheese because he knows better. You know, I always say that doctor are human being playing God. But thank God for them. Because they know. They mm -hmm. went eight, nine, ten years to get this knowledge of to take care of us. Mm -hmm. So we you have to listen to your doctor. Mm -hmm. And as we get older, like my doctor, let me give you an example of what my doctor said to me. She said, you know, Miss Miriam, you look young, you're good, but you wear it. This is you. And this is your heart and your knees and your hip trying to catch up because mm -hmm. you all the way out there mentally but remember as we get older and we hit 55 60 the eyes get worse the knees get worse so we have to slow down back up mm -hmm. slow mm -hmm. down so you align yourself mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that's my key i love when she told me that because i don't feel my age you know Mm -hmm. So self-care, um, call your friends, see if they're okay, you know, be conscious of what you eat, and you have to exercise. Mm -hmm. And that's what I do. And um, I ask God so that I can live to be 100, so I can Boy. see my grandkids. Boy, 100? Yeah. Okay. We have longevity in our family, very much. My mother is 87. She has three more years to go, and she, she's even better than me. Mm -hmm. And I must tell you, I'm the picture of my mother. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and I love it. <laughs> I, know, I know I said that was the last question, but I just have one, one question. Um. What is the favorite, what is, what is, what is the one thing you love to cook the most? What is your favorite dish to cook? Chicken, rice and peas, and a salad. That sounds so healthy. Still. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like jerk chicken, and I do the rasta pasta. I can cook anything, Italian. Mm -hmm. I can cook anything, but my dish from Grenada is the stew chicken, because I send it that Sunday, you kill the fall. You know, we never, you know, buy chicken. You kill the fall, you're in the net, and you cook it. Okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> well, is there anything else you would like the audience to know before we, we, we wrap up? Yes. I would like the audience to come on board with us. Mm -hmm. um, give us advice 
encourage, and let's get this thing on the road. You want to give your telephone number so we can, um, so anyone can get a hold of you if they'd like to do more? 718-810-2013. And our email is massivemass64 at gmail.com. And we also have a website, Massive Mass at WIC. Okay. And it's currently being under construction. Yeah, it, so. It's it's um it's 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 alive, but we are upgrading. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I want to thank you so much for agreeing to be uh, my podcast guest. I didn't have to um ring your arm too much. I appreciate it. And if anyone is out there, if you're interested in being a guest on the Pause Reset um, Brunch Podcast, please feel free to send me an email. Uh, that's pausesetbrunch at gmail.com. You can also check out my website, www.naturalandting.com. Um, or please feel free to check out my Instagram, naturalandting.com. L dot L dot C. All right. So I once again want to thank Miss Marine for being my guest this month. And for you out there, have an awesome day on purpose. Thank and you. Nat Natalie, I want to thank you for having me. It's been my pleasure. Awesome. Thank you.